Hi, this is the Social Jello with Angelo show. My name's Angelo. I'm a social scientist, surfer, martial artist, and a whole lot of other things. Coming to you live from Kasai City, Japan, the Social Jello with Angelo show. What's up, and welcome to Social Jello with Angelo. Today I'm here with Bob Hoyer, a black belt in Kajukambo coming from the Tumpai Method. Now, what I want to say is this is part of a series where I was asked a question by one of my viewers. And we're going to open up with the question. And then we're going to, like I was telling, like I was telling uh, Sifu Bob here off camera, then we're going to kind of make this into a discussion. So here, here's the question. This comes from Aromatic Illustrator 7 uh, from Reddit. Thank you very much for following the show, uh, Aromatic. And uh, that's not really your name, but we're just going to use your, your handle. So he says, hello, I just started training in Kajukembo here in Southern California. I'm 45 years old and I have a black belt in judo. I'm curious, do you have a video explaining what's the difference between the Imperato method, the Garcia method, the Tumpai method, the Gaylord method, etc.? What makes each of these styles different? And is one better than the other for true self-defense? Now, that last part, we're not going to go there. I, can't, I don't like making comparison statements, but we are going to talk about that. So I'm just going to go ahead and hand this over to, to Bob. And I, don't, I honestly don't know much uh, about the Tumpai method. That's what we kind of... Each episode, uh, I just did one of the Gaylord method and one about the Garcia method. And we're just kind of talking about how these methods came about. And I'm learning along with my viewers. So I'm sure. just going to hand things over to you. You're the expert today. Right? All right. All <laughs> so I'm just going to ask you. Great. So let's start off with what is um, what is the Tumpai method and how did all that, where did that get started? Who founded that? Sure. Well, actually, the, the first use of the name was um, uh, Al Dela Cruz and Al Dacascas. Um, started training with Sijo after they trained with Sid Asuncion. And um, he gave the name Tumpai to what they were doing at the time. What Sijo told me is he wanted to um, go further in the direction of close combat uh, range, you know, compared to what they had at that time. Though it was pretty short-lived because uh, Sifu Dukaskis moved to California. And uh, went that direction. So, but you know, to give uh, credit where it's due, that's where the Tumpai name came from. And uh, so it laid dormant. And um, Al Dacostas did Chuanfa, Al Delacruz, and then went into the Chuanfa branch. And uh, basically incorporating uh, Chinese system forms, um, you know, northern salam techniques. And Sijo liked that direction. He thought that was a good. Um, expansion of, of the core that he had, you know, before that. So um, my teacher, Sifu Yan Warren, uh, Sijo invited him over in December of 78 and um, trained with him. And Sifu Yan has, was very, uh, had gotten real into Tai Chi on top of his Kajikimbo. And his, his teacher, his lineage was Joe Clark, who was one of the first black belts of Tony Ramos. So that was how the lineage came down to that that way. And anyway, um, Alda Costas had already been accepted as, uh, you know, the second branch with Chuan Fa and then further into a third branch with Wun Hop Kondo. So my teacher um, asked permission if he could revise uh, some of the tricks, the punch counters and the forms to more reflect um, what he felt was really valid uh, principles uh, and from Tai Chi. And he, and he felt Tai Chi was a good 
addition to the Kaja Gimbal uh, curriculum um, for your health, you know, to make it more balanced. Um, C. Joe told, you know, said, well, I'm not going to, I'll let you do revisions of the form of the pinions and the tricks, but um, you have to have four things to qualify as a branch and four unique aspects you bring into the Kajikimo system. So they were, one was to make the Taishi curriculum part of the Kajikimo curriculum. Um, the other was to revise the forms and tricks and then he'd approve it or not. And then it was, um, he wanted to bring herbal medicine into part of the cur curriculum. He was real well known for his Ditta uh, brew that he made. And then uh, um, outdoor training was the fourth element. And um, so Sito said, well, okay, uh, tentatively, I'll give you permission. He came back up to, he actually, Sito came to the Northwest in 84, and then he certified Tumpai as the fourth branch. So, and, and he asked him, can I resurrect the name Tumpai? You know, so when Sito came, I was, I was the one with the school at the time. My teacher had moved. And... Um, he watched me demonstrate, you know, how we, the things we'd revised and, and uh, explain it. And, um, you know, and his, his direction to me was self-defense is usually nose and nose or you're dealing with a rush or nose and nose. And he wanted us to, you know, and enhance upon that theme, you know, doing our counters literally almost nose and nose and, and uh, develop the inside range. So that's kind of the path we took off on. And like I say, he certified what he saw that time in 84. So, right. um, yeah. Um, so I have a, I have a few questions. <laughs> I have a few questions sure. and one clarification I want to make. So anybody watching this episode, for some reason, this is your first episode, which is, <laughs> you're going to be lost. <laughs> so <laughs> all I want to say, I'm just going to put a quick footnote. Sijo uh, is known as Sijo Adriano Imperato. He's the founder of Kajakembo. If you don't know what Kajakembo is, at the end of this episode, there's a What is Kajakembo episode. We're not going there today. And um, so he keeps mentioning Sijo, who's the founder of, of Kajakembo. He's the, he's the person that uh, put this all together. Now, with that being said, one of my first questions, because you kind of briefly mentioned it, and I'm trying to just clarify the name. So, <clears throat> what, who, okay, so you were saying, I think, if I if I heard you correctly, your instructor asked Sijo to bring back the Tumpai method name. Is that correct? He asked if he could use it again. Okay. And who was your instructor? What was his name? Sifu Yang Lauren. Okay. Sifu Yang Lauren. Yeah. Okay. So Sifu right. Yang Lauren started using um, what you just talked about, and he's the one who asked, "Hey, let's. Uh, is it okay if we bring bring back?" This whole tumpai thing, and then I'm still trying to figure out. So if I if I heard you correctly, Al de Costco's a long time ago, and for anybody watching or listening, there's another episode I did somewhere with with uh, with uh, Kembo Black Belt John Hoylo, where we talk about famous names in Kajikembo. Al de Costco's because of Mark de Costco's his son, who's been mm -hmm. in a bunch of movies. So if you want to check out that. I urge you to just uh, Google Mark DeCosco's. You're going to see a bunch of the films he's in. They're, they're more into the Hollywood scene, and they really worked with a lot of people. Um, so what is – I'm trying to figure out how is Al – is Al DeCosco's connected to what's happening right now with Tom Pai, or is that kind of a first-generation thing like back then? 
Well, you know, Aldacostas, of course, is Woon Hopkindo, that branch of Kajigimbo. We've always had a, a, a good relationship with them. Um, I started doing Ramos method, Chuanfa, Kajigimbo. That's where I got my black belt in. And uh, that was in 1980, but I, I started in 74. But uh, so it was from the Costas had a real big influence in the Northwest. Um, the, there was only four teachers when I started um, in the Northwest. Uh, there was Rich Manetti, who was a black belt of Gabe Vargas, who came from the Gaylord branch. He was in Eugene. And then his student, Fred King, was in Portland. Uh, my teacher's teacher, Joe Clark, was in uh, Seattle. And that's where my teacher learned Kajikimbo from, was from Joe. And then my teacher moved the little town in Southwest Washington, Kelso, and opened a school there. So there was a pretty limited, but the Costas was um, doing seminars. You know, at that time, the Costas people were really making an impact on the tournament circuit. You know, you had Eric Lee, Bill Owens, um, Malaya Dacascas, um Gee, a, a number of them really were taking it. You know, so. Um, but he came up and did seminars. He brought Howard Jackson up at one time to do a seminar at Kelso School. And so he had a real big influence on what we were doing at the time. And, um, you know, and uh, certainly our roots connect with Tumpai, at least at name. You know, when I talked to him, he goes, well, there's really no. It was more in terms of the spirit of the art. We didn't stay long. I think he got his black belt in 63. And then I think he came to the mainland in 64. All right. All right. So, and again, for the, for the person who requested this series originally, so you can kind of see how all these things kind of connect, which is why it's really hard to say, well, well which method is the best? Well, it's not really, the, well, because each method's working with each other, really. <laughs> so it's yeah. kind of hard to be like, oh, this is a clear cut. And I think that's one thing we can walk away, what I'm walking away so far from interviewing two other people from two other methods and now this third one is, it's kind of hard to clear cut and say, oh, no, this is the Imperato or the Imperato method or the Gaylord method. And this is the Tempai method. And they're completely. It's not exact. That's not exactly how it works in Kajikembo. Uh, like you just mentioned, you just mentioned there was a Gaylord guy from the Gaylord method. That ended up, and this happens a lot in Kajikembo where you get sure. your black belt, um, our mentality. I don't know. Uh, I shouldn't say our. I hate to make generalized statements. To my understanding, what I was taught by my instructor. <laughs> Um, yeah. And what I what I learned from uh, Shizu Allen Abad before he passed was when you get your black belt, you are starting all over again. You're going to be starting all over again. And you're going to start looking at all the aspects of Kajukembo. And now is your opportunity to grow within the Kajukembo community. It's always open to you, but it becomes even more open to you as a black belt. So you're going to end up going to different methods, different styles, maybe even outside of... Um, the actual organization of Kaja Kembo would be going into other styles like jujitsu or judo, but you're open to kind of really grow yeah. as an artist. Yeah. So that so it's not surprising to hear that, you know, lo and behold, <laughs> when you look at the methods, how they kind mm -hmm. of how they kind of work together. Um they're not so much separate. Sure. So I have one of the things you mentioned really briefly, and I, I'm just really curious about. So you you mentioned the these I, I'm probably I'm gonna mess this up. Zai Tai Brew, Zai Zita Brew. Did, did, did I say that? I said I messed that up, didn't I? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you mentioned some sort of brew. Something. Oh, Dit Dit Da Jiao. 
Okay. What, what, yeah. what, what it's, a, it, it's a liniment. It's a, it's a uh, liniment you put on bruises and on your knuckles as you're conditioning your knuckles. And um, my teacher actually learned it when he was in the Coast Guard in uh, uh, Malaysia and just continued to refine his his recipe isn't quite the right word, but that's a good way to describe it. So he was kind of known for having a, a really potent, good diton gel. Um, my little side story with that was when I first started training, we did a lot of forearm training, and um, and I bruised up like crazy. And But I was skeptical. You know, American, you kind of get skeptical of liniments. And he goes, well... Put it on one arm and don't put it on the other and see what you look like the next day because I was bruised. And the next day, the arm I put it on, the bruises had spread out. And the arm I didn't, the bruises were still vivid. And two days later, that arm was clear bruising and this arm was starting to spread out. So I went, well, it's clearly doing something. So um, anyway, but that was, I think that was the start. You know, he had very strong opinions that a Sifu in, in China wasn't just teaching you self-defense or, you know, weapons or fighting. He was a doctor, too. In many of the villages, they were doctors. And so he, he had a, a strong slant to, you know, developing herbology and, uh, you know, the Tai Chi, the health aspects, and how that made a, a well-rounded martial artist. So it's, it's kind of like, I guess, for anyone listening who still might be confused, it's kind of like an ointment, kind of like tiger balm, but it sounds like yeah. a lot more a lot more potent. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cool. For cool. sure. Yeah. Cool. I've heard similar stories too about people in Thailand who make their own ointments similar to tiger balm and use it in this very similar way that you just mentioned. So sure. kind of going back into my questions here, I think so far I think you've answered most of the ones I had. Okay. Um so going back to how would you so you, you kind of talked about this a little bit but going a little deeper into it is there any clear distinction that you would say or because you would because you've practiced in it it makes the what would you say defines the tumpai self-defense like if i were to look at tumpai self-defense or Imperado self-defense, or the other methods of self-defense. What do you think is something that's kind of either unique or stands out in the way uh, your group approaches self-defense? Well, I, I think it, you need to hear the background. When I started, you know, we knew of branches, but we didn't think of methods or branches. We just all considered ourselves conjugal, you know. Um, so um, Rich Manetti was like the uncle to me. He was three years older, but, you know, he'd come up to school, teach a class, spar with it. And he was a phenomenal sparrer, probably the most complete sparrer I've ever seen. And tremendous with sweeps, let alone his kicks and punches. And then uh, Sihuahua would come. And, you know, he'd teach you fighting principles, explosively quick. But we didn't think of it in terms of, oh, we're learning Wun Hak Mendo. We just had Sihuahua coming in and showing us stuff. You know, we had Sifu Rich or Si Gung Joe, you know. So it was more people connected versus styles or, you know, we didn't see divisions. We just saw uh, Sifu Al going, well, here's how I do a hyperextension front leg round kick versus a slide up. 
And my people are winning with this because the other people in tournaments are doing slide ups. So, you know, we didn't think in that terms of branches, styles, and differences. It was almost like, well, he's my uncle and he showed me a great method. Thank you. So, uh, <laughs> you know, which there wasn't, we didn't get a lot of exposure to the, you know, the, the California crew that came out from California or from the Hawaii. You know, Sifuau was the main one that we saw so much. So, you know, and so what I'm doing isn't, it's Kaji Kimball. I mean, it's, we added what we, we had the original core foundation. So like the Imperato method, if you looked at the tapes that Sifu Gary Forback made, we knew that. We were doing that. You know, we did Tai Chi too you know, as part of our, our curriculum, where our technique, the main emphasis was, um, you know, when you're trying to take what, I guess they call soft style, because that's what it was supposed to be. It was more circular methods, but even more so, like defensively, um, instead of, you know, we, we when you early Kaji Kimball, they're all called strikes. So you didn't block, you struck. And, um, you know, it's a tool in your, in your tool bag. So taught by everything from head movement to moving your body. And the main two drills that we did on top of Kaji Kimball were a Chi Sao from Wing Chun and push hands from Tai Chi. You know, my teacher took those two, which were usually done in stationary positions, and said, okay, let's start moving with this. And so you started getting a you know, three-dimensional approach inside. Your your foot's always working. You're not just hands only. And push hands wasn't the ability to push. Push hands of how to deal with being pushed. You know, I'll, I'll see push hand competitions and I go, oh, you miss the essence. The essence is, you know, how's the small guy make this stuff work against the bigger guy? And so to me, um, technically it'd be, I love to use boxing when you compare methods because my era, we had Muhammad Ali, Sugar Ray Leonard, Joe Frazier, um, uh, really contrasting styles. George Foreman, you know, everybody thought Frazier was the killer until Foreman wiped him out. But then Ali comes around and beats Foreman. And um, so my always take was like hard style versus soft style was well, you couldn't expect Sugar Ray Leonard to fight George Foreman standing there slugging it out. And, uh, of course, he's going to use, you know, Steve Wilde taught us fighting principles that was coming from Joe Lewis and Bruce Lee. Um, in fighting principles, you have four defensive choices. Um, runner, jammer, blocker, and a combination of those four. You know, the fighting principles are more like the definitions if you're going to read fencing, you know that. So um, then, of course, opposite of that was the five angles of attack: direct, indirect, combination, broken rhythm, and um, and mobilization. You match those together, and you find that blocking all of them work against blockers. So um, if you look at it in a self-defense piece with soft style, it's be able to block, be able to, to jam, be able to 
move, your body, your footwork, um, combine them all, and now you're the best defensive you can be. Soft style will be saying, let's not just stick with one one of those. Let's get good at all. And um, and I like to take it to go, you know, watch boxing. You got guys that are just going to learn to move their head as part of a drill. So getting good at defense is as good as getting good at offense. So and that's I think if I were going to categorize what Tumpai tried to do was, you know, we just keep adding. Is is adding what was unique was, you know, from my teacher's point is let's make Tai Chi. So you got something in the art, and that's what CJ Emperado wanted too, is this is good for our art. We certainly fight and do self-defense and we're rugged, but we need to round off this yin-yang piece with the health aspects. And, uh, and you know, uh, the, the outdoor training to me is a, a fun one to explain. My teacher had 60 acres up 11 miles up a little climber river from I-5, remote. And uh, we built a bridge off over the river up there. And then he developed this property, built a number of cabins. So our advanced class, every Saturday, if it didn't rain, we drove up there. So we're there at 7 a.m. And we worked out for two hours. The first hour was clearing stumps out of his property. Um, we worked. It was kind of like the old karate kid movies, you know. But then you trained and you're wearing your work boots, your jackets, and uh, you spar. And it was an eye-opener when a guy kicks you with steel-toed boots in the shin, you know, and can grab you and dump you, and you're not worried about being on a concrete floor like our school was. And you go, you know, pulling your hair, grabbing your... So we we took that Kajigimbo element of there's no rules and everything, you can do everything, into the self-defense. A sidebar, it was, it was fun to... Like the, the Sifu, at that time, Sifu Fred's school was the closest in Portland, Fred came. And we were like cousins. He'd bring his guys up, or we'd go down there. But um, we loved to get them upside and outside of the property. And we'd kick their legs. They weren't used to getting kicked in the legs. And, and uh, dumping them with a the thing, pulling their hair, throwing grass and dirt on them. And it was another idea of self-defense other than a ring, so to speak, you know. So. Um, I loved it, but I thought, you know, that was the outdoor training, but it was an eye opener. You hadn't done it. That's a different dimension. So <laughs> that, that reminds me, this is the kind of couple of things. So like, <laughs> I'm, um, I've been training, uh, one of my friends who's, uh, who does Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and he's, uh, he's a purple belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. And I keep telling him, you know, everything you do in Kaju Kembo, um, is really based on whatever you want to do, really. And we were grappling, and he and uh, we got to the edge, and there was like this kind of like a pole, and it's a padded studio. And um, he started using his leg against the wall to keep me from sweeping him. And I told him that's a that's really good. That's very Kaja Kembo of you. No, <laughs> using your whatever you have around you, and it reminded me of again outdoor training. Um, when I first started training a long time ago, and we'd have these sparring sessions at my at my house in the front yard, and we had a carpet that we'd throw over the dirt, but it was just dirt. There was a tree, there was roots. Yeah. If you fell funny, you'd land on a root, and people would always ask, 
So is the tree out of bounds? I'm like, no, the tree is in bounds. You use that tree. <laughs> you want to oh, use yeah. it. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a very Kaji Kemba. For anybody wondering, that's not... It's not, it's a very Kajikemo thing to do. I like oh, the yeah. grass throwing though. I, I wish we could throw more dirt and grass. Maybe I shouldn't have covered it with a carpet. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we're, all, we're almost at the end of of our show here. But um, before we wrap up, I guess um, this is something I ask a lot of different instructors. Anybody who just got through the show who doesn't do any martial arts and is interested in trying martial arts and is is wants to you know wants to start training in something what's your advice for someone walking in looking for something new to try i think the teacher is more important than the style you know kaji kimball in essence is tremendously good people who are open-minded and that's what made it kaji kimball what it is and if i was telling well people ask me that not, hey i live in spokane what do i look for go in and see if it's a teacher you can relate to is, does he look technically good, but is he somebody you want to spend time with and uh, train with? You know, what I was a police chief. And my number one thing I, I did when I hired new cops was I asked myself, do I want to work with this guy for five years? You know, um, I think that's just tremendously valid nowadays, especially with martial arts. Is, is this, does he exhibit the character along with technique? you know, that's what you're looking for. All right. Well, uh, I really appreciate you coming yeah. out virtually, sharing your stories and your knowledge and all of the history of, of, of the Tumpai lineage, how it worked out. And yeah. um, to my, to my listeners, thank you so much for supporting the show. As you see, yeah. if you ask me a question, I, I will start doing a deep dive. <laughs> And interviewing a bunch of people to answer yeah. for you. So if you have questions, feel free to message me. And um, oh yeah, if anybody wanted to train with you, Bob, where can they find you? Um, well, I'm in Kelso, Washington, and uh, I'm not actively teaching anybody but my black belts. But there's a number of schools, you know, around that that we could point them to. I, I just want to briefly mention too. All I've really talked to is about up till uh, uh, eighty five. We've gone a long way since 85, you know, with a lot of schools that have done real well. My best brother in Kaji Kimball, Doug Bailey, has a big group. So it, it would be remiss if I talk about Tumpai, and I don't mention what happened beyond. That's just the inception. So anyway. Okay, so before. Okay, so here's an even better question. If someone wants to study the Tumpai method, um. What are some places that you would recommend to, to find the Tumpai method of Kaji Kembo? Yeah, um, we have, uh, there's an active school in Vancouver with Mark Moy. He's one of the professors. Um, there's another school in St. Helens, Oregon with Kirk Grass. He's one. Um, uh, Mark Casey has a school in Lacey, Washington. Um, gee, there, there's more that are a number of garage type studios. So those are the ones that are still kind of commercial buildings. Like, you know, COVID took took its toll on having a commercial building. Nobody could pay rent and not use it for three years. But um, but it'll spring back, you know. But I think it'll spring back far more in garage-type studios versus commercial stone. And, and I forget, is the Tumpai method do, – don't you folks have, like, a big gathering every year? Is that – Oh, yeah. Right? We, we'll have our – 
one once a year now we'll do a, a workshop so that's coming up in march and uh gm's jerry forback uh kenji and ron Estelle are all coming up and uh and then we'll do our our luau every every september and and that's open of course everything's always open to kaji gimbal we're, we're just an expression or a branch but a tumpai but we're kaji gimbal tumpai kaji gimbal is always the top so and we have a blast we have music lots of food you know sometimes a seminar in it but uh it's for brotherhood that's what that luau is all about so if any Kajikembo folks want to find that luau those events um if i'm not mistaken they can find them on your facebook page right the yeah we, we have a we have a website we have the tumpai kung fu or tumpai Kajikembo tumpai website and uh and then we uh um, we're gonna start producing videos you know, we're kind of old school where we didn't do that, you know, and now we're doing it bit by bit. So, um, you know, because people want to see what is it, you know. So I always tell them it's Kaja Kimball first. That's that's the key. So, yeah. All right. So you heard it here. Uh, look for their website online. And I know. Um, yeah. And also they have a Facebook page, too. So if you're a Kaja Kimbo, mm -hmm. If you're a Kajikembo practitioner or interested in Kajikembo, check it out. Yeah. And um, again, Eva Bob, thank you so much. You bet. And um, oh, I always forget to do this. I was supposed to do this. For, this is why I say I'm not a YouTuber. <laughs> I have my stuff on YouTube, but I'm an awful YouTuber. So after a, a 45, 35 minute interview, I'm going to ask you to subscribe to my channel and to please share it with your friends. I'm supposed to say that first. I, I really don't care because I, I, I just like. I, I just like talking about martial arts and Kajikemo. Sure. <laughs> anyway, yeah. I'll catch you all later. Thanks again, Bob. All right, you too.